A young woman people can't stop talking about. Go Taylor. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Yes, Taylor Swift. 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 Ish. What just happened? Welcome back to Swiftish. I'm Ashley. I'm Shelby. And we, we are shook. Taylor has broken her silence. She's a, back, y'all! In such a big way. <laughs> I know. Such it was like, she'd been liking stuff on Tumblr, and we were even like, hmm, that's probably not her. But now she's it like, is. watch me! <laughs> so it all started when Taylor Nation opened up a Tumblr account. Oh, really? Yeah, everyone was wondering, like, why Taylor Nation opened up a Tumblr account. <laughs> and then a few days later, I don't know how long later. <laughs> yeah. Taylor Swift started becoming very, very active on Instagram. Yes, to we, the shock of all. We put our foot in our mouth ma- last know. episode. <laughs> last episode, we said that Instagram yeah. Swifties were just kind of like out there. Yeah. You know, we were in like, the wind. no one cares about No Instagram one cares about Swifties. the Instagram Swifties. And she heard us. Taylor. <laughs> I hope she heard us. Yeah. Taylor has been going wild lurking on Instagram. Taylurking, if you will. Yes. Now... I know we have a, one or two people who aren't Swifties who listen <laughs> yeah. to our podcast, so let me tell you what Taylorking is. Yes. It's very easy. Urban Dictionary defines it as when <laughs> Taylor Swift stalks her fans on social media. Who has an official definition. It has an official definition. Yeah. Google it. Yeah. <laughs> so it started a while ago when she would like take people's pictures on Twitter. And she oh, yeah. would, like, repost them on Twitter. Yeah. And then it went really bit bad last year with, like, Swiftmas, yeah. 1989. And oh, a couple days ago, <laughs> a cute little girl named Lara was on Instagram Live, just, you know... Just minding her own business. Minding her own business, you know, telling people about her life. And Taylor freaking Swift joined. <laughs> I can't even imagine what it would be like to see that verified check mark. I would oh, just gosh. be like... I, I would honestly think it was fake forever. Like, I just wouldn't believe it. I'd drop my phone, and then my phone would break, and yeah. then Taylor would be like, oh, I guess she, Yeah, she'd she be like, moving on. Yeah, moving on. Now, she, after she joined Lara's live stream, oh my gosh. Yeah, that's not where it ended. I mean, that's that seems not... like enough to keep a lot of fans happy. It's just, wow, Taylor interacted with me. And after that, yeah. have you looked at Instagram? So many Swifties. <laughs> So many people were alive. So I like logged in once and I was like, why is it like 11 a.m. and everyone's live? And yeah. then I realized, oh. It's Taylor's happening. She's back again. <laughs> yeah. She's bringing Instagram back. Yeah. So she's been joining live feed. She's been DMing mm. people. She, I mean, she's still on Tumblr liking posts about not being on Instagram. Not my yeah. <laughs> yeah. But people have been freaking out and. And it's nice, this is always the promotional period where she goes all out on things. So it was nice to see her back at it, but then she shocked us even oh more when suddenly little Laura is like, oh. oh, by the way, Taylor Swift just showed up at my house. Oh, she was just so happy. She was like tearing up. <laughs> she and was her precious. accent is precious. It's so Just endearing. like Taylor Swift, I want to put her in my pocket. I know. Oh, she was just like, the way she told the story, too, was just so cute. She's like, I was just waiting in my windowsill, and I looked out, and there was a there was a truck, and this blonde boy stepped out, and then this blonde goddess came out. <laughs> oh, wow. She, what was so I amazing about this, well, 
Side note, she brought <laughs> Joe's little brother. I know, no one knew who he was for a hot second. There was a photo of Joe, Lara, and Taylor, and part of me was like, oh, he thought Lara was cute. <laughs> he wanted to, like, tag along. Because yeah. why? Yeah. Why it's would she cute? Think? Well, it's, it's the Patrick from her Junior Jules t-shirt. Yeah, I saw that. So it's like, oh, they are good friends. They're like, besties. he is a BFF. Oh, so that's sweet. I know, that's so sweet. And She's one, one thing, town. Taylor really trusts Lara. Yeah. Because she played her an unheard song from uh, her Reputation album. I know. I can't imagine. Album. And Laura said she liked it better than Ready For It, and Look What You Made Me Do. I know. I'm so excited for I the album. I'm so excited for the album. Ugh. And so what had happened was Taylor Nation emailed her, and basically she thought that she was just going to get some merch from Taylor Nation, and mm-hmm. she was waiting for a UPS truck. Yeah, and then up pops Taylor. The beautiful <laughs> goddess. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's just really exciting that all this is happening. Um, I've been tuning into a lot of, you know, live streams, mm-hmm. and I actually was able to interview someone just I a know. couple of days ago, yesterday. How fun is that? It was really fun. I was sad you couldn't join me. I know. <laughs> it was last minute, so I'm so glad. We were able to interview Swerving Swift, and she actually had a long one-on-one with Taylor. I know, can you imagine? For about 10 minutes. Taylor's like, oh, it's just you and me here. Yeah. And <laughs> what was so sweet about it, and we're going to play the interview for you guys, is that she wanted to get her best friend on the phone with Taylor. Like, Aww. she waited, like, 10 minutes really? for her to, because she couldn't use her phone because she was right. live streaming on her phone, so she <laughs> had to, like, use the house phone. Who has house phones now? <laughs> so she basically was on the phone with her friend on speakerphone. That's and Taylor so waited for that. Aww. So we're going to play the... No, let's play yeah, it. let's play it. Hi, is this Reva? Hi, yeah, I'm Reva. Oh, perfect, Reva. As you know, I'm calling from Swiftish Podcast, and my name's Ashley. I was a little afraid that the old Reva couldn't come to the phone because (laughs) if Taylor lurked me, I'd be dead. Um, I'm still in shock. So if anyone doesn't know, so your Instagram is Swerving Swift, right? Yeah. Can you tell us what happened? Um, so... My best friend and I, we run a Tumblr account together since 2015 called 1989 Stylish Swift. When we heard she was doing live streams, I decided to post that I was going to live stream there. Did you think she would would join your stream? No, I did not expect that at all. No one was watching at all. And she came on and I saw it and I thought it was fake. And then she commented and I saw the little check mark and I... I flipped out in the beginning, well, but I wanted to keep my composure. It was just the two of you for the majority of the time, right? Yeah, and then I called my best friend. <laughs> I thought that was so cute. Taylor Swift okay. kind of brought you guys together, is that right? Yeah, so Elsa is one year older than me. We met through a mutual friend, and I ended up liking Elsa more than that friend. <laughs> and she's um, she's my best friend. We moved down here together unexpectedly. We lost connection for a bit. And when I found out she liked Taylor, I got so excited because 1989 had just recently come out. That brought us together, and then we started the Tumblr account, and then the rest is history. Well, it's been such a great history. I saw the photos of you two at the 1989 concert. You guys look (gasps) so cute. Thank you. (laughs) So besides having Taylor there, what was the most memorable part of the live stream with Taylor? I think the most memorable part 
like the most meaningful moment for me was honestly when she decided to wait for me to call also like I think that was one of the nicest things because first she came on there which I didn't expect at all but the fact that she decided to have a genuine conversation with me and decided to wait for me to call my best friend and stayed for more than 10 minutes really just made me feel so happy and so special yeah I was really shocked and happy because she's Taylor Swift I mean she has places to be she's coming out with a reputation she's probably going to be doing promo maybe I don't know she's Taylor she's really like unexpected oh yeah like you know going live is such a new concept to Instagram she didn't know how to go live from what I saw you taught her how to go live right yeah, she asked, like, can can I ask you guys a question? And I was like, sure, go for it. And she asked us how to do it, and I was really happy because you can tell that she was trying to connect with her Instagram fans more than those who don't have Tumblrs. Yeah. Was this your first time going live? I've been live a couple times before, but it used to only be, like, one person. And then now it's, like, it's gone up a bit. Have you, have you had a lot more followers since she lurked you? Oh, yeah, for sure. So you said that you, you immediately cried after she said goodbye after you ended the video? Yeah, I was in, like, such shock. I wasn't full-on sobbing, but there was just tears, and I was completely speechless. We're so excited for this new era. I feel like she's doing a lot of her promo, like, more personally. She's doing it more one-on-one. And you are one of those people who had a real one-on-one because it was just the two of you. Yeah, I honestly feel like so grateful for that. I could not believe it whatsoever when that happened. And the fact that she's having more one-on-one experiences makes me so happy because she gets to spend more time like with the fans and all that. Have you met Taylor before? Oh my god. (laughs) I've never met Taylor before. And if I did, I would probably just be in such shock and denial that it's actually her. (laughs) Well, I hope that when she meets you, she'll be able to meet your bird, too. Named Taylor, right? Yeah, we haven't gotten Taylor. (laughs) Oh, oh, Um, so the bird you will get named Taylor. (laughs) Yeah, we're playing to get like a baby parrot, and I've um, been like really lonely moving down here, so I really wanted a pet, and my dad said, okay, to a bird, so I'm planning to get a baby bird, and I want to name it Taylor, and the fact that she said she wanted to see pictures of it just made me melt inside. If you do get a parrot, what's one phrase that you will have your parrot named Taylor say? Oh my gosh. I might just, I'm probably going to end up teaching it how to say I love you, Taylor, (laughs) or look what you made me do. (laughs) What's your favorite Taylor Swift song of all time? Do I have to choose one? The whole entire Red Album. Oh. Or it probably also have to be um, I Know Places. Oh, that's such a great one. Um, thank you so much for letting me call you. Thank you for talking to me. Thank it was you really so nice much. talking to you. I really, really like talking to you. I'll let you go. You too. Okay. Bye. Bye. So I love it. I think Taylor has such a unique relationship with her fans. Such unique. And I think that's what makes her such a, like, obviously she has the lyrics, she has the persona, but more than anything, the reason people stick around and the reason people follow her still is because she makes her fans feel so loved and appreciated. 
And a lot of people will be like, oh, she's just doing this because she has an album coming out. And it's like, yeah, it's a promotional thing. She's but... doing more now with fans because she has an album coming out. But she has always, even on her off period, has always, like, she's gone to sick fans. Right. Like, in hospital. Like, yeah. She's, she does stuff outside Definitely. of promotional period. And it's like, even if it is helping with promotion, like, it's crazy that that's what she does for promotion is, like, interact with fans. Yeah. You know? It's like, she could just go get put up in hotels and have all these interviews and do all these performances but instead she's like you know what I'm gonna invite 89 screaming and crying fans into all of my houses and just let them run wild and steal my soap yeah (laughs) yeah and that's just like who else does that like it's so unique to Taylor it's her brand and I think it's her brand because she loves it like no one else would do that just for the sales? Like, that's a lot of crazy to invite. It's a lot of crazy. (laughs) I I know that, like, people like Katy Perry and Demi Lovato have interacted with fans online when it comes to, like, their promotional material, but no one has gone to the same length. They're, like, buying our (laughs) loyalty forever, which Mm -hmm. is great, and I think it pays off. For us, it pays off for them, and it proves, like, how Taylor loves her fans, because she's always going to make sure... You know, the people who can't afford front row tickets get the opportunity yeah. to see it front row. And they're pulling the people who show excitement and show up to things. And I think that's so fun. So fun. Yeah, so I think a lot of people worried that, like, this fan-loving Taylor would be one of the ones who died, right? R.I.P. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah they Taylor. thought it was over. She'd played that game. She was done. But she's proven that she's out and about and, like, coming for us in a big way. In a way she has never done. Yeah, so now she's surprising fans at their house and jumping in on IG streams. And it's just, it's so unique that Taylor's able to figure out these new ways to engage because a lot of people will just, you know, once they find a tried and true method, it's like, why mess with it? Yeah, like everyone was on Tumblr. That yeah. was a place for Taylor to notice you. Yeah. And now she's like, suck like, <laughs> Now I'm on Instagram. Yeah, which I love. I mean, I remember back in 2008... Slant um, Magazine did this review of her and was like, Taylor Swift possesses savant-like skills on precisely two fronts. She has a gift for knowing exactly what her fan base wants and the most efficient, media-savvy ways of delivering it to them in the Web 2.0 world. Now, that was the Web 2.0 world in 2008. 2008, when she was on MySpace. This is like Web 2.0. 4.0 yeah. oh, now. <laughs> this is like because, WebEx, you know? <laughs> yeah, WebEx. Because we have so many, we have more platforms for Taylor to yeah. engage. She must be loving, loving life. Yeah, she just gets to flit around and like things here on Tumblr, jump on Instagram here, just like pick fans to stalk. Yeah. It's so fun and it's like she's always going to surprise us and that is so exciting. Like, so we were just on live stream um, yeah. talking to 30 people, not all at once, but all yeah. together about about Taylor. And someone asked us, they were like, when did you become a Taylor yeah. Swift fan? So I'm asking you, Shelby, when did yes. you become a Taylor Swift fan? You know, it was when Fearless came out, I started to give her more of a listen because I wasn't honestly a country fan. Mm. I've had a lot of country just like forced upon me by my older sister. But so I was like... Someone mentioned Taylor Swift, and I was like, no, I don't like country. Like, don't even bother me with this new preteen girl. But then Fearless came out, and Love Story specifically, the music video came out, and I was like, 
I was like, oh my gosh, this is so beautiful. I was like, wow. And then You Belong With Me came out and I was like, yes, like I am fully on board. Like this is my jam. So my fandom has sort of built upon itself. Like I am a fangirl now, but with Fearless, I was like, a low-key fan. I liked the songs. I enjoyed it, but I didn't like engage in any other way. But Red came out and I was like, oh my word, this is perfect. <laughs> Have you heard this? Have you heard this? We need to talk about it. I love Taylor Swift. Oh, and that she's was amazing. That was it for me. But what about you? When did you so come I, on board? So my I grew up listening to country. My parents love country. Mm-hmm. It wasn't forced upon me, but yeah. it was always <laughs> in the background. So I really liked like Leanne Rhymes and Faith Hill. So once she came out with teardrops on my guitar, that's when I noticed her. And so I liked her music. I I had her CD. I loved Fearless, and I was Mm -hmm. listening to that. And then when Speak Now came, I was able to go to her concert. My friend Samandi had free tickets. And it was such an important day for me, though. Um, I was dating this guy, and I was heartbroken because that was the day he actually was moving away. So the day before, she she was like, hey, do you want to go to this concert with me? I got free tickets for my birthday. So I went with her, and it was such a great concert, and I feel like when you see Taylor Swift perform, it just heightens your yeah. swiftiness. Yeah. She played Last Kiss. Oh. I bawled. Aww. Because I was like, it, it was still so fresh, like it was August 6th, I will always remember that day yeah. as a day that I saw Taylor Swift. Yeah. You know, because it's so much raw emotion, yeah. and so I like really loved her then. It was just... Well, that's so interesting, because it's like... When you think of Taylor Swift fans, you think of young girls, yeah. like, in high school. And so you were relating to her t- teenage songs yeah. as a college student. Like, yeah. So Speak Now still spoke to you. Still even spoke though, to me. You know, people are like, oh, she's just writing about teens. You know, a lot of people, when they think of Taylor Swift, think of 12, 13-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> but if you think about it, I am only three years older than her, yeah. so I could relate to her. Yeah. And it's not surprising that there are, like, older Swifties. <laughs> yeah, we exist. Don't look down on us. <laughs> we love every Swiftie. Yeah. Well, yeah. so, you know, that's me. And, I, you know, 1989 went full out. Oh, yeah. Now it I'm, was like, no. And now I have bar. a podcast. Yeah. So my Swiftie, I don't know. You I don't know me. if we can get more insane about it. No. Like, we, this is it. We've peaked. <laughs> like, this is our ultimate fandom here. But, I mean, it was great because... I think Taylor Swift's story is so interesting because even though I wasn't interested in her music, I knew about Taylor Swift like when she first started because she had hits right out of the park. Oh, you know, yeah. Her her album came out. Taylor Swift came out in two thousand six. Yeah, and that was the album with "Teardrops on My Guitar" and Tim McGraw and you our think song. Tim McGraw. <laughs> yeah, and so these are songs that I like knew about even as a non-country, non-Swifty. Yeah. And I think it just speaks to how instant her success was. Like, she worked hard for those, for not only leading up to the album, but once that album was released, she was pounding the pavement. She was on tour with, like, six different country artists. She was making sure she had a FaceTime everywhere possible, and she was working hard to be noticed and respected. As a 16-year-old girl. Yeah. I mean, looking back at it now, it's like she's so not traditional country, you know? Like, that was an untapped market with, like, teenage girls. Well, there was Leanne Rhymes. Leanne yeah. Rhymes was really young, and but Leanne Rhymes, she's, she hasn't grown to the success as Taylor Swift. Right. Yeah, and Taylor did the impossible, which was make country go international. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, so 
Taylor Swift was a big deal then because her debut was so successful. And then Fearless came out and just pushed her to another oh, level. Fearless? <laughs> she leveled up. You know, she was a little bit older. I feel like she, her voice was growing stronger. She had more experiences. Yeah. Her writing was strengthening. Yeah. She was talking about writing what would come to be Fearless as she was touring first for Taylor Swift. How does she have time I to know. do this? <laughs> she was like, she was like, I have like 250 songs written to choose from. And then she was like, later she's like, I've whittled it down to 75 songs. So we'll just see. And then on top of that, she wrote new stuff and oh. like eventually figured out this like perfect album. And people, Fearless has like stood the test of time. I, NPR just came out with this list um, this year about the top 150 albums made by women. And Taylor Swift is on there for Fearless. Just Fearless, no yeah, other ones. No, none of the other ones. Fearless is like her, their favorite album of hers. What number was she? She was number 99, which isn't too bad That's for not bad. the history of female music. For the history of female music yeah. and Fearless out of all of yeah. them. Not 1989, not Red. No, because I fearless. think they, so what they said about it was, you know, they were talking about how a lot of people ignore young women. They just cast off their feelings. They don't think they're important or worthwhile, but the only way to get them to listen is when you're so good, you're just forced to. And they said Taylor Swift did that. Like, she reached her full potential on a self-written country pop album of immeasurable catchiness. At its simplest, Fearless displays Swift as a brilliant songwriter. At its truest, the album shines with an explosive voice and an ineffable gift. No one can question Swift's success now, and Fearless proved it then. Yeah. Which I think is very true, because when you think about it, like, obviously Red and 1989 have their amazing strengths, and, like, they are great albums that will probably... And Speak Now. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, Taylor. But um, all her albums obviously have strengths, but I think Fearless was the one that sort of told everyone she was here to stay, and, like, she showed that she, she at this wa- young she age, she wasn't a one hit wonder. Yeah, Taylor Swift. The album came out, and she just kept on rolling. exactly. She rolled out these huge hits that are still being talked about. So I mean, we're talking about yeah. It now. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. that's what's important. <laughs> yeah, let's get into Fearless. So maybe we can walk through the history a little bit. Yeah. So Taylor was 18 years old when Fearless came out. I know so it's much crazy. under her belt. Yeah. So it came out in November of. 2008 actually November 11th and um she was the sole or co-writer on all the tracks she worked with people like Liz Rose and Colby Calais I love Colby yeah and it debuted at number one on Billboard's top country albums for an 18 year old girl in country to do that her sophomore album yeah it became the best-selling album of 2009 which is the year after it was released like it, it stayed on top for over a year and it was the most awarded country album ever. Like, ever. Ever. Like, to this day. I, I guess I, I don't know. Maybe at the time. I, I wouldn't be <laughs> don't surprised. Don't quote me, but yeah. <laughs> and it was like, you know, this is where she won Album of the Year at the Grammys, the AMAs, the CMAs, and the ACMAs. So she was, she was on a wave. Well, and- Fearless was also her first headlining tour like she that's her tour she wasn't being a guest yeah she She was she was the person the star and she put a lot of thought into that as well I think it's so interesting to see Taylor's hand at play in her not only her songs but in her production performance in her performance in how she markets and I think it just speaks to how much she wants this and she continues to make it happen she's known what she's doing since she was like 16 oh since she was like 
13 yeah. and forced her family to move to Nashville, yeah. you know, like, and I think, you know, Fearless actually at the time didn't get like, it got good reviews. It didn't get great reviews. It was like three and a half, four star reviews across the board. You didn't see it, but I rolled my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people were like, oh, she still doesn't have the strength of a lot of vocalists out there. She's sort of, her success is based on her ability to write songs, not sing songs. Which is interesting, because now everyone's like, Taylor doesn't write her own stuff. So it's like, pick a lane, yeah. haters. Like, honestly. Haters gonna hate, 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 hate <laughs> Yeah. Hate. But, um, so yeah, there was a mix of songs on this album, but... And this is before her, like, I'm gonna date celebrities Oh, yeah. Phase. This was, like, high school Taylor. Like, this is, yeah, like... Steven. Yeah, and Abigail. Oh, Abby. So they were, like, they were much more generalized. We weren't distracted by Taylor Swift, the tabloid yes. persona. It was just this girl writing these songs that everyone could relate to. And she was coming into her own. Like, it's so fun. And it's so cute to see where she was and where she's now. I know. I was preparing for this episode, and I ran across this interview she did where she admits that in... 2008 she's like I bought red lipstick the other day Whoa. <laughs> that know. was the first that was the first time she's like I've always been scared to buy it like I just feel like people will throw things at me if I buy red lipstick but I was at the store with my best friend and I Abby. just decided to buy it and I'm like oh she has no idea what's coming no like, like she's like I she should trademark red lip. I know. <laughs> this is where she picked it up, which is so fun because and that's who she became. Goodness, she did. She can rock a red lip. Oh, like, like no honestly. one else. But this is motivation for everyone else. Like everyone needs to find their shade of red because yeah. it's scary. But once you do, you never go back. No. But yeah. So with Fearless, she had four promo singles. Do you remember? Yes. When- so there was Love Story. So there was White Horse. Mm-hmm. 15 and you belong with me isn't that crazy those are like some of taylor's classic hits yeah those are like some favorites still and i think it's just so interesting that those are all packed on this little second album she had i know so much from like just one one album i mean you know love story was a huge critical success everyone loved it 15 was great at the time now a lot of people Oh, don't love it. But that's a talk for another episode. <laughs> yes, we don't need, I have thoughts, yeah. <laughs> but we don't need to get into that. And uh, then White Horse was the other one. Uh, and it's like, that's such a mature song. Yes. It's like about realizing you don't need a man. And I'm like, how do people just conveniently forget this song in Taylor's repertoire? Yeah. <laughs> but, a lot of people were thinking that this song was, like, the CD was just all about, like, a boy crazy, yeah. like, teenager. That's all she can write about is boys and how they don't like her or she wants them. But she also wrote, like, I think it's Best Day in there. Yeah. And that's a song that's overlooked. I think the great thing about Taylor is that, yeah, she does write about boys, but she also writes about realizing you don't need them or that you're more than them or realizing the strength she has in pursuing or recovering from them. It's like... It's so belittling to say she just writes about boys, so it's not worth listening to. And hold on. Can we just back up and <laughs> realize that she was a teenager yeah. when she wrote the song? And I know. she was writing songs for other teenagers. It's <laughs> like, you do not want to see my diary no. for my teenagers. Exactly. If you wrote, read, yeah. I'll show you my diary. <laughs> it's all about boys, all about friendship yeah. drama. So, I, I mean, this is her diary. I could not write an album like <laughs> yeah. that at 18. Yeah. But You Belong With Me was one that wasn't as well received 
but it was one that like stuck around. It hit all the top of the charts. It became this international bestseller. It was a big song. Critics were sort of like meh, but all the listeners loved it and continue to love it. Do you so partially? Do you feel like one of its its success is tied to her music video? I think so. I remember watching the music video and just loving it. It's like yeah. a little three minute rom com. Yeah. It's just a perfect little storyline you can just follow right along. And it's so good. It's really good. And yeah. it's just the epitome of like 18 year old Taylor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's perfect. So yeah, there's huge crossover appeal, pop and country success. And it was nominated for a bunch of awards. It was nominated for Grammys Some and VMAs. VMAs. Right? So a female video of the award <laughs> yeah. and video of the year. Right. And so this is where it's interesting to think about why You Belong With Me is so remembered. Is is it just because of the song or is it because of the history of the song? I made that bitch song? famous. <laughs> yeah. This is where we get into the meaty stuff because the 2009 VMAs happened. And Taylor Swift won Female Video of the Year for You Belong With Me. Tell me what happened next. Kanye West stormed the stage as Taylor holds her moon man, ready to thank her fans for her first VMA. And he goes, yo, Taylor, I'm really happy for you. I'm gonna let you finish. But Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time. Of all time. And it's like the crowd all started booing. Beyonce was shocked. Taylor didn't have time to say anything. And she, she thought that everyone was booing yeah, her. Yeah, she thought everyone was agreeing with Kanye and booing her win. She went backstage and cried and then had to perform You Belong With Me for and the show. She did it. She did it. She killed she it. She killed it. I watched it today just to, like, you know, yeah. fresh in my memory. <laughs> I could not do that. She is I know. a star professional through and through. I know. This is what gets me annoyed. Kanye should have sat down and waited for video of the (laughs) year. Because female video of the year, it's awesome. It's good. It's awesome. Right. But video of the year went to Beyonce for single ladies. Right. Yeah, she did get the best video of the year. She got the best award (laughs) for the whole. Yeah, Kanye sort of, he was the little drunk, he admitted. So he sort of just ruined her night just because he felt like it. But Beyonce kind of made up for it. I know. Beyonce let Taylor Swift come out and give her acceptance Because Beyonce said that when she was 17 years old, she remembers getting, like, nominated and winning her first VMA for Destiny's Child. Yes. So I feel like Beyonce... She knew. Yeah, she knew that feeling. And if someone would have stolen the mic from her then... Yeah. It's crushing. So... Did you, were you watching, were you aware of this? So like, what I, happened? I remember watching it yeah. and just jaw I know. I just couldn't imagine that he hopped up there and said that. Right. And did that. It was insane. I didn't watch it live, but I watched it, like, on Yahoo the next yes. day. And I was like, oh, that is so rude. Who does this guy think he is? You know what I said? I was like, who is he? I know. Honestly, <laughs> I didn't know who Kanye, like, I didn't know his face. I probably knew some of his songs, songs. but I didn't realize who he was. It was an iconic moment. Like, I literally have a pillow of this moment. Like, I just have the photo emblazoned on my couch forever. I think it's just, you know, there are a few pop culture moments that stand out in recent history. And this is takes the cake. It was like the Madonna and Britney kiss of our generation. Yeah, you it know? was. It was. It's like, I'm gonna let you finish. It's something that still lives on. 
I think we should go through the history of how how each of them responded to it, because yes. there's, there's drama around that, too. So Kanye goes on this apology tour, right? Mm-hmm. And apparently he went on Jay Leno, and he said it was it was wrong, that there was no justification yeah. in his actions. Yeah. <laughs> he said that at first. He said that at first, and then yeah. he eventually called Taylor Swift to apologize right, in person. Right, confirmed that. You know, he even put it on Twitter, which Twitter was a new platform then. Yeah. And he was, like, saying, oh, she's just a little girl with a dream like the rest of us. <laughs> But, fast forward three months later, right. he was taking it all back. Yeah. He did multiple interviews, and he said that Taylor rode the wave and didn't stand up for him. I know, it's so annoying. It's like, why is it her responsibility to, like, make him feel better about his mistakes? Yeah. No, honestly? it's not his respo- her responsibility. He was like, she threw me under the bus. And it's like, what are you talking about? You stormed the stage, you drunkenly took a mic from a teenager and ruined her night, and she's supposed to be like, oh, Kanye... Well, in 2013, he said he caved into pressure, and that's <laughs> yeah. why he apologized. So tell me a yeah. little bit how Taylor dealt with this. So Taylor went on her... Yeah, she's yeah. 18. <laughs> she went on her press tour, too, on The View. You know, she talked about it and how she was sort of, like, shocked that it happened, and it definitely hurt her feelings. And then she took the call with Kanye, admitted he apologized, and that they would both agreed to move on. In 2011, and this was after he decided he took back the apology... She ran into him at the Met Gala, and they Awkward. just... Yeah, but she was, like... She was with an interviewer at the time, and she was, like, should I say hi? And then she just... He says that she just, without even waiting for a response, she walked up to him, gave him a high five, and moved on. <laughs> it's like, yeah! Like, I think that's a fine way to handle it. Yeah. And then she also wrote Innocent, which... I remember the people asking her, basically, to write a song about the experience. Like, I really do think people were like, are you going to write a song about this? You totally should. And she gave the people so she what they does. wanted. She writes a song, and she's like, yeah, I didn't want to write about me. I wanted to write to Kanye. Some people found that a little, like, cloying or passive-aggressive. Some people were like, oh, yeah, she's just writing a, a frankly, very generic song. Like, yeah. It wasn't a blast. It wasn't like a, you know, a subtweet about Kanye ruining her day. It was just a song that was like, I forgive you. She also has made a few references to it throughout the years in playful ways. Yeah. She has a photo of it in her house with the phrase, life is full of little interruptions. (laughs) And that was referenced in a Rolling Stone article, so it's not like she tweeted about it. And then at the 2013 VMAs, when she got a nomination, she was like, oh, guys, if you vote for me and I win, I promise I'll hold on to the mic this time. (laughs) And then she also made Ed Sheeran some jam and labeled it with like a pun that was like, I'm gonna let you finish, but this is the best jam of all time. Oh, God. And he posted about it on his account. That's funny. So it's like, clearly she has a sense of humor about the thing and the other thing is, I joke about it all the time. I make references to it. It's still relevant. It. Yeah. Like, it's still a part of culture. And so there was, like, this back and forth that sometimes the public loved, and sometimes they decided, oh, Taylor Swift is not letting this go. Taylor Swift is being so pouty about this. Like, Taylor Swift needs to move on. Why is she holding a grudge? None of these were about Kanye, who was also talking about it anytime he was, he was promoting anything. The fire. Yeah. And the thing is, interviewers were bringing this up. The public wouldn't let it die. Anytime they were being interviewed, anytime they were promoting anything, they were being asked about this incident, and they had to keep talking about it. But for some reason, Taylor Swift was the one who is, you know, vilified for manipulating people's sympathies or not letting it go or milking the situation. But it's like, I think Taylor's allowed to, like, one, reference this as many times as she wants, and two, never, like 
apologize to make Kanye feel better. For you something know? he did. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. So, <laughs> did it launch Taylor's career? Did Kanye, in fact, make Taylor famous? No. It was interesting because Scott Borchetta was asked that question. What did he say? He said it definitely brought her new listeners. Like, it definitely engaged a new audience. People who hadn't known her before and knew her now. And people take that as, oh, see, even her label agrees. But the fact remains that, you know, Taylor had to win over that crowd. Well, she was at the VMAs, but she was there getting awards. Right. It wasn't like <laughs> yeah. she started winning all these awards after Kanye right. did this. Yeah. I mean, she's been doing very well for herself. And, like, honestly, I think she takes criticisms and she proves them wrong again and again. For people who say she can't sing, she gets better at singing. And for people who say she can't write, she went and wrote Speak Now entirely by herself. And I think it just proves that she is putting in the work to make herself famous, to make herself the icon that she is now. And I think in a lot of ways, you know, it did start with this little song about a teenager who wore sneakers instead of high heels. But now she is an adult who wears short skirts and (laughs) high heels. She does. How the tides have turned. Yes. (laughs) So yeah, like we talked about, this is sort of the album where people thought she was a little boy crazy. I remember the article starting that Taylor Swift is a feminist nightmare because she wrote this slut-shaming song about, you know, this is a song she wrote as a teenager. She was 17 or 18 when she wrote this, and I don't think it's, I think it's a gross simplification to say it's anti-feminist. I don't think it's anti-feminist at all. Let's, do we want to go into the lyrics and during the lyrics, lyrics talk a little bit about the music video? It's a good song, and it It has this amazing, iconic music video. I don't know if you heard, but it won a VMA. (laughs) So let me set the the stage. She's living next door to her best friend, Mm -hmm. and their windows are right next to each other. Yeah. So, you know. (laughs) It opens on a nerdy tailor. A nerdy tailor with frizzy hair and big, oversized glasses. But could she look any cuter? (laughs) Yeah. You're on the phone with your girlfriend. She's upset. She's going off about something that you said. Because she doesn't get your humor like I do. I'm in the room. It's a typical Tuesday night. I'm listening to the kind of music she doesn't like. And she'll never know your story like I do. See, this is like such a helplessly catchy song. It You're is. almost singing it. I want to sing it. <laughs> it's like, I think it's great because the music video proves this too. It's literally the setup of every single rom-com, every young adult novel out there. Like it's unrequited love. It's the best friend who has a crush on the cute boy next door. And so I think a lot of people had a little, they're like, oh, are we supposed to believe Taylor Swift isn't pretty because she's wearing glasses? And it's like, no people, like it's obviously a joke. And also this is a trope that's in every, like every 90s teen flick yes. out there <laughs> you know you open on her best friend across the street he's on the phone duh mm-hmm. and you know just being like you can see that he's like frustrated with whoever he's talking on the phone with yeah and so then she she has a notepad and she writes are you okay and she holds it up and he can see it through the window <laughs> yeah so cute and then he grabs a notepad and he puts tired of drama and has <laughs> that up so they can see it so they've obviously been doing this for quite some time you can tell that they're like best friend. Yeah, it's a typical Tuesday night. Yeah. And then she goes over and she writes, he closes the the, the blinds and she writes, I love you. Yeah. And she looks up and he's gone. Oh, poor Taylor. I know. It's so sad. 
Then you go on to the chorus. Mm -hmm. She wears short skirts. I wear (laughs) t-shirts. She's cheer captain and I'm on the bleachers. During this time, she's in her room Mm -hmm. and she's like dancing, singing with a hairbrush, changing into different outfits. (laughs) You can see him like peeking over, watching her like dance weird by the the mirror, which is really cute. And Taylor said at the time that this is her favorite line. It was like a fun line to write was she wears short skirts. I wear t-shirts. Yeah. Which is funny because... wear shorts. Yeah, it's Who the line that people skirts. are unforgiving about. It's more <laughs> of like showing how high school is. Because yeah. high school is all about the popularity. Like, yeah. cheer captain is up there with right. like the most popular people. Well, and in 2008, so right when this song came out, NPR released a review. Ken Tucker, so a dude, wrote this. And he was complaining about the song saying Taylor was too cute to be believable as an underdog or an unpopular Has girl. Has he seen any 90s Well, stuff? it's like, even beyond that, I'm just like, it's really frustrating that there's this idea that, oh, quote-unquote, ugly girls or unconventionally attractive girls are the unpopular ones and anyone pretty is automatically popular. But it's like, that is such a simplification and it's honestly not true. Like every single girl has felt isolated, has felt uncool. And I think it's really frustrating when these older men are writing about this song and telling women that their feelings aren't valid because they don't believe them. It's like... They know nothing. Yeah, it's like Taylor Swift felt uncool in high school and you just have to like allow that. And no matter the powerhouse she became now... At the time, that's how she felt, and she honestly has a few really sad stories about being a little bullied or just, like, not accepted, and that's her reality. And you have to realize that she was writing this song from an observational point of view. Right. Yeah, this was a song that wasn't based in a... This was a song that wasn't based in a true story, you know? This wasn't about a real relationship. I think it was, like, she overheard her friend talking on the phone... And she just got this idea for, oh, what if I was in love with him and I had this crush and how would that play out? And then, voila, she she wrote a fictional song, you guys. It happens. Yes. <laughs> Shall we continue? Yes. Dreaming about the day when you wake up and find that what you're looking for has been here the whole time. And then it's the chorus and oh, it's so catchy and so it's country. so catchy. And yeah. it's like, this idea, you belong with me, I think it's interesting because... I, I've always been really annoyed with the criticisms of this song because they're like, oh, wow, Taylor's so anti-feminist. Taylor's just putting girl against girl. But it's like, you belong with me, like, is not a unique concept, you know? Like, dudes sing about the friend zone all the time. Like, there's the nice guys trope where they're like, why don't you like me? Like, I'm better than this dude. Like, you nice know, guys you have, finish last. Yeah, you have It's Gonna Be Me by NSYNC, which is a huge song it's no one's ever complained me. about. Yeah. Jessie's Girl is a classic. Love Jessie's Girl. She Will Be Loved by Maroon 5. And recently, Treat You Better by Shawn Mendes. It's like, these songs all talk about the same idea, is that they have a friend or a crush and they're not getting enough attention and, like, they're sad about it. And no one complains about these songs. The thing is, is that everyone has been in this situation or have seen right. this situation. Yeah, it's like literally who hasn't caught feelings for a friend. Yeah. <laughs> so I just think it's interesting that there's so much pushback against this song, which is written by a teen for teens, and just plays into a common trope that Taylor probably encountered in a lot of rom-coms, a lot of books, a lot of songs, where, you know, you write about the unrequited crush. Yeah, it's, so, it's normal. Yeah. Crush. 
Okay, then we head into verse two, and in the music video, this is where we see her looking, quote-unquote, dorky, with big (laughs) glasses, and her hair's frizzy, and she's sitting on a bench. Walking the streets with you in your worn-out jeans. I can't help in thinking this is how I ought to be, laughing on a park bench, thinking to myself, hey, isn't this easy? <laughs> I, yeah. I love that she loves all the small moments. I, t- I, I keep on telling that. I've said that in like two other podcasts. She loves these tiny moments. Yeah. She's with her best friend sitting on a park bench and they're just kind of laughing. And, yeah. And you've got a smile that could light up this whole town. I haven't seen it in a while since she brought you down. You say you're fine. I know you better than that. What you doing with a girl <laughs> like that? So this line of all the lines feels like the most problematic. Like a lot of people care about the pre-chorus but it's like this is the one where she's like she's calling out the girl calling her out, being like ooh, i don't like and in her. the music video this is where you're introduced to the brunette evil taylor oh my gosh yes when taylor like, drove up in that car yeah. like, what? Yeah, dark hair kissing him just to rub it in her face it's pretty funny part of the music video and it's... then she goes into the pre-chorus she wears high heels, I wear sneakers, she's cheer captain, I'm on the bleachers, dreaming about the day when you wake up and find that what you're looking for has been here the whole time. I love this part. I think I follow at Feminist Taylor on mm. Instagram, I mean on Twitter. I need to. I know, I love it. I mean, she hasn't posted a lot recently, but one of her most popular quotes and the one she loves the most, she said once, is, she wears high heels, I wear sneakers. We're each expressing our gender identities in ways that make us feel comfortable. Date me. And I think that's just so funny and clever. So feminist Taylor will take song lyrics of Taylor's and make them more feminist. Yeah. But I don't think it's a criticism. And actually, feminist Taylor was at the um, Shake It Off premiere with no. me. Yeah. And Taylor Swift like knew the handle and was like, oh, I'm so glad you're here. Like, I'm a fan. Oh, and it's like so <laughs> she can take a little a little joke you guys but also I mean the fact that feminist Taylor is a fan shows me that like this is how I interpreted the song too it's like it's not oh I'm better because I wear sneakers it's she wears high heels I wear sneakers we are so which different. one do you think is better for you you know like I don't see it as problematic like I don't see it as as pitting women against women because it just seems like you know, they are just talking about different types of girls in different high school. Different types of shoes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I wore high heels in high school. I didn't feel at all criticized by this song when it came out. I still jammed to it, you know? <laughs> if you could see that I'm the one who understands you've been here all along, so why can't you see you belong with me? Standing by and waiting at your back door all this time. How could you not know, baby? I love the part of the music <laughs> video because you see her, she's like a band geek, and she's with like the rest of the band, marching band, yeah. and they're in the bleachers screaming, <laughs> you know, you know, uh, just cheering him on, yeah. and then the other girls, you know, cheerleader, you know, cheering him on to different ways, two different people, right. and then he he's like scoring the big touchdown, yeah, and then you see him walk up to his girlfriend, and she's totally hitting, she's on, hitting on another dude, another dude, and so Taylor's watching this from like. From afar. Yeah. And she sees him, like, walk off and be yeah. mad. So she's seeing everything that's happening, you know, from a, from yeah. a distance and kind of sees, she's like, oh, like, my gosh. Why don't you see? You belong with me. She's not treating you well. Yeah. You belong with me. <laughs> it's not about her being slutty or promiscuous. It's about how she treated him. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I think there is some criticism that, oh, Taylor presents this wholesome image. Like, she's too pure... And she is saying that that's the only good thing to be is to be a good girl. 
But it's like, I'm so tired of people telling other women what feminism looks like. Like, you don't have to be sexy. You don't have to be Beyonce or Fifth Harmony to be a feminist. You know, you can be a girl singing about wearing sneakers on a bleacher and you're still a feminist. Well, and to be fair... Yeah, I just feel like she has always been a feminist, but she didn't know. And, yeah, and even if she wasn't, like, a out-there feminist, like, that doesn't mean all her songs are sexist or no. or projecting, like, a Madonna horror complex. Like, that, it, that music... I can see the argument in the music video, because you have the blonde in white versus the brunette sexy villain who's promiscuous. But I think it oversimplifies the fact that this is a common trope, again, in all movies, music, books, and it's something that Taylor played into as a teenager, celebrating this, like, romantic, cute story about loving your best friend. And this is where it gets really country in the song, because you have the instrumental break, and it, like, builds up, it revs up, and you're like, yeah, what's coming? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I remember you driving to my house in the middle of the night. I'm the one who makes you laugh when you know you're about to cry, and I know your favorite songs. You tell me about your dreams. Think I know where you belong. Think I know it's with me. So, Homegirl knows how to write a hook. Like, this is such a great... Like, her bridges are just so good, and this is one of my favorites because it just... It builds, and it's just like, yeah, you do belong with her. You do, (laughs) and it's such a cute point in the music video because they're back in their rooms, Mm -hmm. and... You know, he asks, he, like, writes on his notepad, are you going to the dance? And then she writes back, no, studying. And then he writes this cute little note saying, wish you were. And he's in his, like, his, like, dance attire. And she's in her, like, her PJs. (laughs) And then, then it, like, opens up. It just, you know, that's where she, like, takes off her glasses. And you know she's thinking. And she stares over at the the I love you note that she wrote. Yeah. This part of the song completely forgets the comparisons. Like, it's suddenly all about how she feels and what she wants. There's no more of the pre-chorus. There's no more her versus her. It's just her singing, like, I'm the one who understands you. Been here all along, so why can't you see you belong with me? And then in the music video, she goes to the dance. She has that um, (laughs) Cinderella-esque moment where her hair hair is smooth. She Mm -hmm. doesn't have glasses. She's wearing this beautiful dress. And she walks into the room, and everyone just turns and stares at her. Yeah. And then her the boy stops and stares at her as well, and then he walks towards her, and you see the girlfriend notice, and yeah. like kind of like pull him back, and he's like, no. Yeah. And she's like, oh. she's yeah, like, she, how dare you? Why? <laughs> Can you not? Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then it's so cute, because then what does she pull out? She pulls out her note and says, I love you. And then he looks in his coat jacket, pulls it oh. out, and it says... I love you. <laughs> I had such a crush on him when this music video so came he, out. So he was in Hannah Montana's. Oh, trust me, I know. And he's also X-Men. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, he's an X-Men. He's in the newer X-Men. <laughs> I'll have to watch. Yeah. So then we end with the chorus. Oh, I love the song. Pity like, makers. honestly, this is just a cute little rom-com. This isn't better than revenge. This isn't pitting women against women. It's just this cute story Taylor dreamed up. Made up. Not based off of a true story. And wrote this little sweeter than fiction piece, you know? So, there you have it. This is not a sexist song, and it stands to be one of Taylor's best songs. (laughs) Yes, and best best music video. And best music video. It deserved that award. It was so sweet. It was so sweet. Now, I think we need to get into some uh, 
some teaming. Yes, there's been some drama. Oh, there's been we so much. We love serving this up. We do because Taylor gives us so much to dish <laughs> on. Yes, so, so the big announcement this week was... Dun, 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 dun. The Swift Life. The Swift Life. Now, for those of you who are not aware, The Swift Life will be an interactive app yes. for Swifties fans to interact with Taylor. I think there'll be like emojis and yeah. it'll be a fan base where everyone is at the same level. Yeah, I think the, the drama is, oh, is Taylor Swift monetizing on her fans? Like, they built all these communities. They have their little fandom like areas and now she's like wait I want a piece of the pie if you guys are gonna talk about me give me money for it like and that's how Kim that's how the Kardashians do their apps is monthly subscriptions so like people this isn't a new idea like a lot of celebrities do have personalized apps but with Taylor Swift all these exclusives there's direct TV in order to like view different videos you have to have AT&T and pay for that subscription and she also does a few, she did like the New Romantics music video exclusive to Apple for a few weeks. Yeah. She's she's done a few things that have ruffled a few feathers every now and then where it seems like maybe she's being a little greedy or she's controlling her brand a little too closely. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where a little bit of the concern comes from with this app is, oh, like we can't just be on Instagram and Tumblr. She has to control a social media app now. But there's also the argument that, you know, this is what the fans want, and Taylor loves giving the fans Everyone what they is want. so excited for it. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, okay, I might not be noticed on Tumblr, I might not be noticed on Twitter, I might not be noticed on Instagram, and I will never be noticed on <laughs> Facebook. Yeah. But we're all starting out the same level, she'll be interact with us, so we all have an equal chance to yeah. be noticed by Taylor Swift. It seems almost like a Tumblr Very interactive. community board mashup so who knows what it'll be like once kardashian's app dropped i heard (laughs) a rumor that taylor swift was working on an app oh people thought it would be like a game like the kim the kim i've been waiting for game yeah but she's kind of making it her own yeah it sort of seems like this weird new thing so like who knows maybe it'll bomb maybe it'll just be for like the real diehard fans but who who knows so like why shouldn't taylor try and it, you know, make something, no one, see if it's happening. No one, like, did anyone give the Kardashians crap for that? <laughs> no, but the Kardashians are famous for Every, everyone knows. monetizing on yeah, their, that's <laughs> their lives. So, I think people are interested to see, one, how much it costs, and two, what it promises. Yeah. And if it'll just make a competitive environment for Swifties who can now level up, or if they can pay to level up, or what leveling up guarantees, and so... I think there's a little cause for concern, but who knows what it'll be. Only time will tell. Yeah. Later this year, they said. <laughs> we have so much stuff to look forward to. Yeah. And FYI, we're filming this episode a little early this week, yes. so it's a Thursday, so tomorrow is the 13th. Friday. Taylor's lucky number. The 13th, you guys. So we're thinking something's going to happen. Something's got to happen. So if so. we <laughs> miss it and we're not yeah. talking about it on Monday when we drop this episode, Sorry. that's why. <laughs> but that only means we'll have so much more to give in. So much yeah. more to dish. 
next the next week next week yes so you'll have to you'll have to tune in (laughs) you will have to tune in do not miss that it's so crazy how how fast everything went i know it seemed like three months is such a long promo period but it's already like 20 some days away i know that's crazy time is going by so fast but so slow at the same time (laughs) yeah i'm so excited it's gonna be great okay that's right (laughs) but until then i am shelby And I'm Ashley and Taylor. I'm going to let you finish. What?